Genesis 18 and verse 19. Behold now, thy servant hath found grace in thy sight. No, that's not right. Forgive me. Chapter 18 and verse 19. For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for your many blessings. I thank you, Lord, for who you are and what you are. I thank you, Lord, that in our troubles and our trials and our heartaches and our daily cares, Lord, you are there. And we thank you, Lord, that when you are on our side, amen, we can overcome all things. Come by, help us here this morning as we try to talk about fathers and try to encourage us to draw nigh unto you. And those of us who are fathers or potential fathers, help us, Lord, to be more like you. We pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 So, I want to use this as a jumping off place for our uh, Father's Day, for uh, Father's Day 2023. And, uh, you know, the Lord was just kind of dealing with me about the fathers that were in the Bible. Okay? There's a bunch of fathers in the Bible. I don't know if you recognize this or not. Yes. And I'm not going to be able to get across a bunch of them, but there's just a few that I want us to look at a little bit. Um, they, fathers, as y'all know, they come in every shape and size, short and tall, Curvy or slim, I think that's the woke word, curvy. Anyway, curvy or slim <laughs> with hair, without hair, uh, IQs all along the spectrum, deep voices, squeaky voices. Uh, fathers are always a work in progress because their children are always changing. Fathers are sometimes ahead of the curve, but many, many times they're playing catch up. Um, just like mothers, uh, every man can be a father, but it has a lot to do with if he wants to be. Amen. The Lord designed us, I'm sorry, uh, nobody is really ready for parenting. And that is the way the Lord designed it. Do you know that? Huh? You can't. I've, I've seen people study about having children, how to raise them and all that. And after, you know, when they get to the terrible twos, they just throw all them books over to Goodwill or in the uh, trash bin because a lot of it's not even working, you know? Because every child is different. Every home is different. Every family is different. And so fathers have got quite a, a load on them. And so um, 
if the pattern of parents parenting comes from the uh, Pentateuch, we're probably in trouble. Abraham wasn't a father until he was 86 years old with, with uh, his first boy, but Isaac wasn't born until he was 100 years old. Probably couldn't even get your chariot license till you were 55, huh? <laughs> and then um, Jacob was 78 years old when Reuben was born. Wow. How do you like that? Yeah. Uh, uh, and 91 when Joseph was born. Whoa. Woo! I might add, I can't remember the exact age, but they were, I think, um, uh, Jacob and his brother, uh, they were still at home in their 80s. Come on. I'm sorry, uh, not 80s. Um, sorry, it would have been you know, 60 years old. 60 years old at home. Huh? And I've complained about my mom still wanting me to do chores. I was 30-something. So, uh, But if the Lord helped me today, I'd like to show you some differences in the Lord's men who were fathers. And they all had different fathering skills. We'll first start off with Abraham. The Lord, Abraham was a man that the Lord loved. He was a man of faith. He was the father of faith. If you've got faith today, we're supposed to be able to say, well, that's cause Abraham, amen, helped pass down that faith unto us. And so uh, uh, here in these scriptures, the Lord said, for I know him. Fathers, I'm going to tell you, I don't know how you can be a father and not know the Lord. Because fathering children uh, is more than just a man and a woman and going to the hospital. It's more than that. It's after that. It's changing diapers. Now, the generation right before me would just bristle up and say, oh no, I never changed a diaper. Matter of fact, I've known men that have told me, I never changed a diaper. Well, I'm afraid I got into it, so I had to change diapers. And uh, But uh, still, we are going to have to know the Lord. Amen. Notice also it said, He will command His children and His household after Him and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment. Huh? Abraham knew how to father his children in such a way that he could say, don't do this and don't do that. In preaching about Sodom and Gomorrah many years ago, one of the things that I felt like the Lord impressed me on the reason why that Abraham wanted them to separate us. Of course, because their herdsmen couldn't get along together, but that was because Lot's herdsmen were in ungodly and disobedient in ways. Right. 
And they were a bad influence on Abraham's herdsmen. And so the Lord said, I know him. And he will command his children. We are to raise our children in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. And so Abraham was a wonderful example of that. Didn't seem like he had to pound into uh, Isaac uh, those things that that um, you know he tried to teach him. Seemed like it. Matter of fact, Isaac was almost a duplicate copy of his father. You know, even to the place of messing up by lying to a king about the relationship of uh, him and his wife. Okay, so. That fatherhood to be able to pass on those qualities. Now I want to go to uh, another great man that we know. And I titled these couple of scriptures, Great Man, Absent Father. And so turn with me to 2 Samuel 13 and verse 21. In these scriptures we see uh, about David as he is uh, raising his children. And he had many children. He had a lot of wives too. And, uh, but here in these scriptures, I want to talk to you about this one part. In 2 Samuel 13, 21, it said, But when David... When King David heard of all these things, he was very wroth. And Absalom spake unto his brother Amnon, neither good nor bad, for Absalom hated Amnon because he forced his sister Tamar. Can I tell you, when you search the scriptures, this is all that we see from David about the first boy, Amnon. He was very wroth. Huh? What do you mean just very wroth? What did you do? Did you punish him? Did you uh, uh, do something, you know, to, to straighten the situation? No, he was just very wroth. And so then when we look down a little bit farther in 2 Samuel 13 and 38, it said, So Absalom fled and went to Gersher uh, and was there three years. And the soul of King David longed to go forth unto Absalom, for he was comforted concerning Amnon, seeing he was dead. You know what? We've got issues going on here. King David was a great man, but he had problems with his children. Okay? And of course, the sin of Bathsheba just made it even worse because of of what the Lord said. But still, if David had taken care of Amnon, Absalom would have rose up and taken care of Amnon. But then Absalom goes on and he sins even worse against his father than Amnon does. But David, he loves his children. I believe he did. I'm not saying he didn't. 
But I'm going to tell you something. If we really love our children, right. we'll discipline them. Amen. We'll correct them. Right. We'll Amen. guide them. Amen. Amen. Going back into Genesis, I want to talk to you about a father that has favorites. Now, there's just a couple, three children here, two of them with us right this moment. Parents can have favorites, okay? Drew, but parents can have favorites. And a lot of it has to do with you. You. You wanna be a favorite? Be good to your parents. Love them. Be obedient to them. Uh, you know, it doesn't mean that you're not ever going to get in trouble or or do something crazy or something like that. But love them. Love them. Amen. And then you'll be their favorites. Amen. Personally, one of our my things that I tried to do in raising our boys, and I can't say, I, I'm not saying look at me as an example, but... Well, uh, trying to raise my boys, I didn't want there to be a difference between them. Right. Tried to raise them in such a way that they were all my favorites. Huh? All my favorites. And so uh, we see a father in the scriptures who ended up having favorites. And who was that favorite of Israel? Joseph. He was the favorite. Why was he the favorite? Well, his true love, the one that he really loved, was Rachel. And she couldn't have children. And so when she finally did have children, the first child she had was Joseph. And so that was her favorite. But then I also think that however Rachel did with Joseph and in, in, uh, growing him up, amen, Joseph and his father had a connection there. Huh? Joseph, uh, Israel could trust Joseph. He could send him on errands and he would take care of the errand and come back. If he had change, he, uh, you know, from a transaction, he, he knew that the change he got was the right change. Now, I know of some parents that parent their children. They give them money and they, the parents never see the change back. Huh? That's instilling, you know, a idea of stealing, right. preferling, right. you know. Oh, that's there. Nobody else is wanting it. I'll get it. Right. So there are little things that make a difference with children. Yeah. Amen. So then we have um, another father that was in the scriptures. Uh, over in 1 Samuel 2 and 12. It said, Now the sons of Eli were born of Belial. They knew not God. And um, in 1 Samuel 3.13, it said, For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth, because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. Eli. Eli could have been a great prophet. Eli could have been more than what he was. And I personally, 
it never came, I, I never read where it said Eli had committed sin. Huh? Never found that place. But yet, his boys, as they grew up, he didn't restrain them. Yeah. Folks, we need to be restrainers to our children and to other children. I'm not telling y'all anything you don't know. Most all of you are out of here. Poor Ricky, you're the only father here with a child's children. But and he's doing a great job, I think. But still, uh, here, we've got to restrain. Huh? Right. It's important to restrain our children. Man, and there does come a place that it's difficult. It's difficult at best to make somebody do something they don't want to do. Huh? So it takes persistence, repetition, and a little leather tea. <laughs> but at some point, it's not effective anymore. Come on. Every child, male or female, is going to come to a place where they're going to do their own thing. I wrote down here, I hope it doesn't, if a child by the age of 13 hasn't been trained in the way they should go, life is going to be difficult for the parents and the child. Yeah. Amen. And so, you know, uh, We've got to enforce, do more. When my children were in church, and the Hicks children were in church too, and we had them up here on the platform, we wanted them to do something, but they knew there were rules they had to keep. And if they broke them and it came to my attention, now here's the thing, I learned this on the bus, if you don't know about it, you can't fix it, okay? So when something came to my attention, then we would set our children down right. as punishment for them. Because they did enjoy playing and singing and having their part. We did let them come back up when they were willing to come back to what our platform standard was. Right. Okay? And uh, I've set down adults. Yeah. Rebecca raised her hand, so I'll just tell it. You know, I set her hand. Anyway. Uh, so, we must be willing to restrain our children. Not because we want to be mean to them. Not because we want to harass them. Not because we're helicopter mamas or dads. You know, I don't know. that. I, I don't think I really like that. When people talk about a helicopter mom or dad, you know, at certain ages, I hope you are a helicopter mom and dad, or else they'd be like my little brother one time. He, uh, I don't know how it happened. They told me because he was older than I was, but at a, at a toddler age, he, uh, he got out of his diaper, got out the door, and running down the street. Come on. So... You know, you've, uh, uh, I hope you are a helicopter mom or dad in some of those respects. Right. Amen. And so, um, then we uh, come to another father. 
we actually talked about him a little bit earlier was Israel. I want to talk to say a little something about his final words. In a lifetime, you will learn about your children. One child cannot do everything another child can do. But that other child can do some things that the other one can't do. Okay? That's just the way children are. Uh, God didn't make us out of cookie cutters. Uh, we can all have family traits, which I think in many cases are more learned than they are inherited. But um, Jacob called his children in. He was about to die. And it said, And Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. He's not talking just at the end times or the end of the national Israel or uh, his grandchildren or something, but even the children that he's talking to, their last days. And so gather yourselves together and hear ye sons of Jacob and hearken unto Israel your father. His firstborn son, Reuben, unstable as water. He shall not exceed. He's not going to get, get go very far in life. That's just the way things are. He made some terrible mistakes in his life. Uh, went up into his father's bed. You know, he's unstable as water. Then Simeon and Levi, he said, you too, y'all are instruments of cruelty. Cursed be their anger, for it was fierce and their wrath was cruel. Now he said more in there. He didn't want to be associated with those two of those sons. As a matter of fact, he up and moved the family one particular time because of the cruelty of his sons. He didn't want all of the the people to come and wipe them out because of what Simeon and Levi did. Then you have Judah. Said, your brethren will praise you. Your hand will be uh, in thy enemy's neck. Yeah. Hmm? You have to remember now, there was a lot of savagery. I call it savagery. But there was a lot of fighting going on during these days, okay? Your father's children will bow down to you. Wow. He's talking about himself. Israel's children will bow down to you. And said, Judah is a lion's whelp. He is just the baby lion. He said, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come and unto the gathering of the people be. Here in these, um, I didn't, wasn't quoting the scriptures exactly, but here Shiloh is referring to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, yes. till he come. And then that latter part there is talking about the end times when he's going to gather in those who have come to him. Yes. Amen. And follow his discipline. Remember Israel, Jacob, uh, the grandson of uh, Abraham, remember? Yes. 
Come on, grandson. Zebulun shall dwell at the haven of sea and shall be a haven of ships and his borders shall be unto. In other words, he liked to go fishing. He liked boats. Zebulun Taylor, maybe. Anyway, uh, uh, Zebulun liked boats. Amen. He was going to be by the sea. That's not really a bad prophecy for him. Iskar is a strong ass crouching down between two burdens. He is one that can get stuff done. He is one that can carry a load. But he said, shall become a servant unto tribute. Dan shall judge his people as one of the tribes. But then it goes on. I didn't write all about it. He is a serpent by the way an adder in the path that biteth the horse's heels so that the rider shall fall backward. Damn. There are some, uh, there's a couple of places that when they name all the tribes, Dan is not listed in them. Gad, a troop shall overcome him. Oh, I'm going to be overcome. Listen, but he shall overcome at last. Woo! Thank the Lord! Hallelujah! Asher, his bread shall be fat, and he shall yield royal dainties. Asher! I guess he was the baker. He was a good cook, huh? He knew how to cook. His bread is fat. And Naphtali is a hind let loose, and he giveth goodly words. In other words, he's like a little doe. Jumping around, amen. Always happy, always uh, encouraged, and he gives good words to other people. Thank the Lord. Then it comes to Joseph. Huh? Joseph is a fruitful bough, even a fruitful bow uh, by a well. In other words, his, uh, his, uh, he's planted next to a well, and he's even sucking right out of the well there. Whose branches run over the wall, the archers that surely grieved him and shot at him and hated him. But his bow abode in strength, and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. Woo! Thank the Lord! At this particular time, in all, all these children, this was the one that was helping the most at that particular time was Joseph. And then it goes on and said, um, the blessings of thy father have prevailed above the blessings of my progenitors unto the utmost bond of the everlasting hill. They shall be on the head of Joseph, on the crown of him that was separated from his brethren. Thank the Lord. Benjamin. Uh, shall be as a raven, um, shall raven as a wolf. Yeah. Ah, anger, hatred, all the time. As a raven wolf, in the morning he shall devour the prey, and at night he shall divide the spoil. We're talking about children. Yes. You get to know your children, huh? Get to know them. But I want to talk about one more father 
in the scriptures that I feel like we ought to pattern our lives after. Luke 15 and 11. Um, I'm going to read this quickly. As I'm sure you're familiar with it. Jesus was saying, a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the field to feed the swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. Youngins, how would you like to eat? You know, when you tear off and clean a corn, how would you like to eat the husk of that? That's what he was eating, huh? And uh, no man gave to him. And when he came to himself, oh, such an important phrase right there. He said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. <coughs> I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, yeah. woo, his father saw him had compassion on him. Fathers, I know you do. Amen. When you think about your son, you know, it hurts our hearts a lot of times. But oh, when you see him coming this way, amen, he had compassion on him. And it said, And the father ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I'm no more worthy to be thy son. But the father said unto his servants, that's just like dad. He didn't even acknowledge what I said. The father said unto his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it, uh, uh, and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoe on his feet. Bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For... This my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. Oh, I'm telling you, uh, you know, it's good when you have children that are close to home and close to the parents, but all, not all children are like that. And some in the home, some are close and some are distant, all different ways. But I notice how this father treated this boy when he came and said I'm ready to go huh he didn't lay down in front of the tent and cry and say you can't go 
He didn't, uh, he didn't try to talk him out of it. We don't have any record of that. He shook his head. Gathered what was going to be his. I guess changed it into money for him. And then gave it to him. And not many days later, the son left. That was what was in his heart the whole time. I'm ready to get out of here. I want to be my own man. I want to prove I can do it. I'm just as good as dad. I'm just as good as anybody else. I can do it on my own. But when he got out there, uh, his, the friends that he made were not good friends. Youngins. There'll come a time that you're going to be out there. Pick good friends. Even now, pick good friends. Uh, parents, I know we want to be a witness to other children, but make sure your children have good friends. Good friends. Friends that will help them. Sharpen them in the gospel to be more like Christ. Amen. And so... Uh, it goes on, you know, he went and wasted all of his substance, thought he was buying friendship, thought he was buying influence. He didn't buy anything. Because when he was without, everyone turned their backs on them. And so while he's out there eating corn husk, maybe a couple of grains of, of corn, nobody was looking, you know, while he was out there, what am I doing here? He came to himself. Can I tell you something? Sometimes that's the reason why the boy or the young lady has to go. So that they can come to themselves. Some of us in here, the story hadn't finished. The story hadn't come back. But you know, we can take hope in this and pray that those skills and those things that were instilled in the children would one day bloom. Amen. It's amazing whenever children come and say, Daddy, I'm not going to do it like you did it. We're going to do time out. Mm -hmm. ah. All right, son, go ahead. Try it out. That didn't last very long. Come on. They've got to learn for themselves sometimes. And aren't we all like that? Don't we all have to learn through experience? My dad told me when I was younger, he said, well, there's two types of schools you can go through to. You can go to college or you can go to the school of hard knocks. Amen. I wish I chose college. Because <laughs> the school of hard knocks will really knock you around. Amen. And I'm not that hip on college either. So anyway, <clears throat> he came to himself that's what we got to be praying for. He came to himself. Right. Now this part, I struggle with back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. We never see where the father 
sent for the son and said, come home. Never sent for the son and told him, you know, I'll take you back if you'll just do this and this and that. He didn't do that. He didn't compromise with his son. He didn't tell him it was, what he was doing was okay. No, he left him till he came to himself. I personally think old daddy had a spy somewhere and was able to kick on him every few months to see if he was still alive. Huh? But um, he basically left him alone. On one hand, I think we've got to keep an open door. On the other hand, I don't know. What's the fastest way to help them come to themselves? Right. All I can say is that every situation is probably different. And that's why those children need a praying father yeah. and a praying mama yeah. and someone that will love them no matter how filthy and dirty yeah. and unclean they get. Yeah. No matter if they transition or if they marry 15 different people. Huh? No matter what. No matter if they go to jail. No matter what happens. Amen. We've got to love our children. Yes. Amen. And so, Teresa, come. Come. This example, I think, in a lot of ways, is talking about the Lord Himself. Huh? There's, you ever told... Somebody, well, I'm just not into church. And you weren't for a while. Huh? Until you come to yourself. I remember coming to myself one time, hugging a toilet bowl, smelling all that rancor and throw up and all that. And, I can't, and I'm thinking, am, am I having fun? Is this fun? Huh? I appreciate the Lord for letting us come to ourselves. Because in all honesty, a person has to do it from within. We can't make a person serve God. We can't make a person uh, love God. We can't make a person do... Who in here has had success in making somebody else do something? Let the record show no hands raised. Huh? We have to pray, have to ask the Lord, and always be looking down that road. I'm sure the Father kind of knew which way He would be coming, and He kept an eye on that road, looking for Him to come, and the Father saw Him, had compassion. Here He comes. Huh? He ran, fell on His neck, and kissed Him. And then blessed him. That ring in there, young folks, older folks, doesn't isn't a license for us to be wearing rings and all. That was a family ring. It was the thing that they made an impression on, uh, with to seal certain documents. It was a thing that said, "This is my son," right there, huh? 
A lot of times rings weren't even worn, but they were kept close to do those impressions. So, has the Lord impressed on you? This is my son. Amen. I know I feel like I'm preaching to the choir. I've got men that are more experienced in raising children than I have been. But you know, this thing about parenting, we're still learning. Amen. I want to draw closer to Jesus. I know that the closer that I get to Him, the closer He'll make me, help me to be with my children. Fathers, raise up a child in the way that they should go. And when they are old, they shall not depart from it. Teach them to pray. Read the scriptures. Teach them right and wrong. Love them. Take time with your children. Jamie and I were riding back. I don't remember where we, were. we had gone to do something for an errand. And I got in my mind that Wilbur Aaron song Cats in the Kettle that's a spoof off of another song and I said you know where that song comes from James said no I don't know where it comes from I said it comes from uh, Cats in the Cradle really it's an old song I put that thing on. Kind of wish I hadn't. Kind of wish I hadn't. It talks about raising children, raising a boy. Boy says, Come, Dad, let's go fishing. No, not today. Don't have time to go fishing today. Let's do this. No, I can't do this today. Tomorrow. Soon we'll do it. Of course, you know, especially you that have children, before you know it, they're leaving home. And in the song, apparently the father finally retires or gets time, and he calls his boy up and says, Son, let's go fishing. The son says, I'm sorry, Dad, I'm kind of busy right now. Maybe we can do it at a later time. Pretty sad song. But I want to tell you something. Ricky, Jamie, don't let that be y'all's experience. Be involved with your children. Take time for them. I know Jamie doesn't have any children yet, but I'm saying we're expecting one day when he gets married. But uh, anyway, <clears throat> but uh, take time with them. Take time with so, thank you, fathers, for the jobs that you've done. Be encouraged. Your prayers are not going by unheard. The Lord is working. We cannot always see the hand of the Lord dealing in their lives. But rest assured, it's working. Amen. Something's going on. 
And we just need to be praying, Lord, make it soon. Make it soon. I wouldn't want any of my children to have the testimony, but if that's the way it worked out, I would take it. That, you know, at their father's funeral, they got right. I wouldn't want that. But if that's the way it goes, I'll take it. Because whatever it takes, I want them to be saved and to make heaven their home. Come, let's gather around this altar. Let's seek the Lord. Let's pray for the fathers and let's pray for our children. God picked up a sparrow that can no longer fly. He brushed off its wounds, then watched its soar into the sky. If he's mindful of creation, on this I can depend. I am his child. I can place all my trust in him. I Trust in God's will, He always.